0: and all to a landmark event. The very first Dungeons & Divers podcast hosted from Crofton's shed. Uh, uh, uh. Yes, that's right. After hearing about it over countless episodes, Crofton turning his shed into an office, you've wondered, fair listeners, will we ever be able to see the shed? Well, no, because it's not a video show. But will we be able to hear the sweet echoing acoustics? <laughs> the answer is yes, you will. This is the first episode, but not in a sweet shed is my co-host, and he joins me. Uh, and that is Ryan Murphy. Ryan, welcome. Yeah,
1: thank you. I'm in a well uh audio treated office. Um, and uh you know what? I think what's missing is like hey, you can hear how large uh crofton's uh fancy office shed is but also like i think what would really cut down on the echoes is probably that arcade steam deck hybrid um device that you need to put in the corner there that probably cut down on a lot of the echoes um just get a steam deck in there with a with a um, an arcade shell and you'd be set
0: Set well, well, Ryan, you've triggered me on multiple levels already, sure. which is great. But uh, I, I would say that um, the first level is that I am not in the shed, uh, as of choice, I am in, sh- in the shed of desperation. Um, and that is uh, because my computer, my my the central podcasting hub that brings my dulcet tones to the millions and millions of listeners around the world uh, failed on me this week. Yesterday I went to turn on my computer, not a sound, not a light inside, nothing. I changed the power cable, I plugged it in different places. It looks like the power supply is kaput, which is my luck with electronics. Of course, back in fine form, but it led to me having to problem solve uh to record this episode of dungeons and diapers so we figured it out ryan you and i but now fixing the computer is going to definitely go into my arcade machine slash steam deck fund uh and probably delay me on those two fronts so i am to say i am broken up about it would be an understatement
1: yeah that is unfortunate and yes we were talking pre-show about your computer and and how we could uh, resolve that. But I think we came up with a pretty suitable backup plan where, um, you know, using Discord via the web and and uh, it's working quite well. So um, I don't want to necessarily call our tech into question that we're using right now and then have it be like, well, I'll show you and, and fail. Yeah, and, I
0: mean, it totally know. could. I'm on my work computer too. So like, you know, there's probably all sorts of security protocols being like, they're talking about video games. Video games detected. Shut them down. You know. Um, wow. and, uh I mean, you'd so- you
1: would. Uh, it, I it'll be it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It look if any. It's just an hour. You're on your own time. Um. You know. Hopefully, what you did to your other computer doesn't happen to this work computer in terms of whatever damage you caused. Uh. Although that's not your fault. You said you leave your computer on, and that kind of triggered me because I'm like I always I I leave my I turn off my devices, like my PC, especially like
0: I never leave it on. Um, oh, I leave my on days at a time. Oh. uh, and, uh, Bo, uh, my friend, uh, our mutual friend, Bo, uh, he's always like, it is funny because like, um, like my PC was, uh, you know, often got dust or different things on it. And he, he'll be like, just absolutely apoplectic about like how I treat my PC. And, uh, he, like he will live in an absolute sty of empty food containers and disgusting laundry or whatever, but his PC will be pristine. And he gets, you he, he'll get like completely upset about it. He's like, you don't take proper care of your PC. So, you know, Bo, you're right. I don't take proper care of it. And look, it just died. So I hope you're happy, you bastard. <laughs>
1: i'm I'm sure he's happy somewhere recording some four hour podcast with <laughs> Scott Johnson and John Jagger. So
0: that sounds like something that he would do. Um but Ryan, enough about all these shenanigans. Let let us get back. Uh, let's get back in the groove and and go right down into the dungeons again. I have to treat every show like it may be the first show that somebody listens to. So I would just say that this is a show where Ryan and I, you know, we share our fathering experiences and how we balance our our geekery with our our family. Uh, we divide that generally into two sections: the dungeons and the diapers. Uh, dungeons is where we talk about all the stuff that we're doing, playing, watching and the diapers is when we talk about our kids and you know what sometimes they overlap um sometimes not (laughs) so uh let's start ryan with the dungeons i always like to bring uh uh, my enthusiasm and energy to the things that i am doing right now also my children but definitely the things that i'm having fun with right now you want to start us off what you got going on
1: sure well i've got uh, a good chunk uh, disney plus recommendations um uh one of these is actually hulu in the states but but um it's not hard to find but i see we've got disney plus pretty much across the board for tv this week so i'm kind of excited uh to hear about your take but um i'll, I'll uh i'll start things off with something we already talked about which was she hulk and yeah crofton was making fun of me for for uh pushing uh the comedic genius awesomeness uh, Marvel 30 minute uh, lawyer comedy show. Uh, but seriously, it's all wrapped up now. It's all available. And um, as much as that show tries to not have like uh, and joke about the Marvel tie ins, the MCU tie ins, there's a lot of it in there. I think it's one of the more uh, connected shows uh, that has come out in the sense that it has connections to obviously Hulk uh, with Bruce Banner uh, and and the, the Hulk movie that came out, the first Hulk movie that came out in the MCU with uh, Abomination showing up, and you know, there's a lot of those connections. You've got Wong, but it's it's genuinely funny. Like it's a funny show, and it's quick. It's thirty minute episodes, and uh, you know, the actress who plays Jennifer Walters, uh, uh, I don't remember her name, but she was um, she was in. Orphan Black, which I had not seen, but I, I hear really good things about. Uh, I'm going to look up her name because I'm feeling uh, terrible that I can't remember her name. I think it's Tatiana. I think Tatiana is her first name, but I could be oh, making... Yeah,
0: I think. Is it?
1: Yeah, Tatiana Maslany. So Canadian actress. Uh, oh, there you go. We're close. Yeah, uh, but she is, she is fantastic in this and hilarious. And again, it's a great show. And I think if you were to watch... I'm always on the lookout for comedies because that is sort of the connection for TV that Ashley and I both have in terms of like sitting down to really enjoy a show. And our favorites are the 30 minute comedy that's actually funny and not just trying too hard. And I think She-Hulk was, you know, fit that bill. And it also happened to be Marvel, which is nice because I I am fully caught up on all things Marvel and I'm like desperate to keep it that way, even though they keep releasing more and more content. Um, I'm b- I'm behind on Star Wars now, uh, but but I'm, I've kept up with Marvel, which is which is good. And I know you're behind. and And have you watched any of the TV shows? I think you watched uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier, right?
0: Oh, I I was a uh, you know like my journey through this podcast has been well documented. But following it, Endgame, you know when everybody's sort of interest sort of spiked, and then you know, it was over and the TV shows rolled out. There was like, you know, I had interest. I watched, I I watched and enjoyed WandaVision, watched and enjoyed Falcon, the Winter Soldier, watched and enjoyed Loki. Um, but, you know, they're enjoyable, but they all felt like, you know, unnecessary. Not that, not that any of this stuff feels very necessary or what have you. People have, talked about the lack of a grand plan in phase four. There's more content than there's ever been, yet there's less overall direction. And I guess I was feeling that everything was kinda good, but kinda disposable. And with my time at a premium, uh, I I, dr- I drifted at that point. So I never watched Hawkeye, even though I heard good things about it. Never saw She-Hulk. Um, Never saw Moon Knight. Uh, never saw Miss Marvel, which I also heard good things about. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm like four, or five shows behind at this point, and um, like uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what it'll take. I know there's going to be a new Daredevil show. I love Daredevil. Maybe that'll be what gets me back on board. But uh, not 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 too sure. Uh, she Hulk looks okay. Uh, but uh, but not enough that I would be like oh I'm gonna watch that for sure.
1: I I think that um again like if you're looking for a light show that is Marvel connected and you're looking forward to Daredevil, I don't think it's a spoiler to say you should maybe look at She Hulk because there are some connections there as well. Um, yeah, it, it's fun, but again, like it's it's it fits that bill of like being a comedy show in the Marvel universe and it works so well. And, um, you know, on the line of, uh, of, of comedy shows, there's another show, which I think is probably more likely that you'll check this one out. It's called reboot and it's not the hit, uh, CBC early ah! 3d animated show. Um,
0: Megamite
1: is <laughs> definitely not that, uh, it is a show, um, that's on Hulu in the States, but it's on Disney plus I think star technically, which is, uh, it's still part of Disney plus here in Canada. And it's a new comedy from the modern family creators, but it is most definitely rated R and it is most definitely uh, hilarious. And it's funny. I, I, I search reboot to kind of get all the actors that are in it. And of course the CBC show uh, pops up. So there's that, but uh, maybe it wasn't CBC actually. Now that I think about it, maybe it's a different show, but um, anyways, this show it's got uh Keegan, Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville, um judy greer paul riser and they're they're basically there's just a huge cast of of hilarious people and the premise is is that it's a show a sitcom uh from 25 years ago from the early 2000s um or i guess 20 years ago from the early 2000s and they're rebooting it and the idea is to bring all the cast back and obviously all the cast have like you know their relationship issues with each other and, you know, catching up with everybody 20 years later and and doing this reboot show with the same cast and the same directors. And the, the premise of the show kind of revolves around these actors getting back together and making the show. And uh, the new showrunner is, is, um, you know, clashing with the old showrunner who they bring back as well. And, and there's some more, you know, family dynamics there as well, but it is, it is hilarious again it's it is is it is a mature show, it's not for kids, but it is hilarious and um, I think you'd really i think you'd really enjoy it like Ashley and I are both very much enjoying it. It is hilarious
0: so oh no that's awesome that sounds like yeah that's it's it, and it's on disney plus it's on disney in plus Canada yeah in
1: canada it's on disney plus it's okay. totally worth watching for sure
0: awesome i will put that i'll put that one on the list that sounds like exactly because i mean you know and it is super meta uh, and it is self-aware in the sense that that is what is happening and happens constantly like you know the Connors, the reboot of roseanne is still ongoing uh there's like without Roseanne now, you know, yeah. like there's probably so, so many like behind the scenes things that they, they could do with all of that stuff. Like so many of these shows, you know, um, come back preying on sort of nostalgia and all of that and to, do, to, to, to flip that up in its head and do a show about like the sh- a show about the show and the new show, like, I think is, is pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty timely. So yeah, no, I'll check it out for sure.
1: Yeah. It's very meta in the sense that, you know, it is actually like Hulu in in the show like they are talking to hulu execs some of the characters are actually uh hulu executives that are that are being portrayed here and it's you know it, it's all tongue-in-cheek it doesn't take itself seriously at all but like again i i i it's like, i haven't seen johnny knoxville in a lot of stuff lately but he is amazing and the and hilarious and um, it really gets, it gives him an opportunity to show his acting chops as opposed to what we, most of us know him for, which is just getting hit hard by stuff. <laughs>
0: you know, is he, is he one of the characters from the original show that's brought back or is he a new character or is he one of the showrunners? He's an who's original
1: the- character that's brought back. So uh, him, Keegan-Michael Key and Judy Greer are all characters um, that played in the original show. So they're back and they have a lot of dynamics between each other. That play out in in funny ways. And and, um, like I said, there's no Marvel connections. So I know, you know, Croft, you don't have to worry about, you know, whether you've seen like uh, Moon Knight to enjoy this one. I know uh, every time I recommend a new Marvel show, it's like, okay, which, what's the laundry list of content I need to catch up on? Reboot is, is its own thing. There are, I think, about eight episodes out now and it's still running. So there's still more episodes dropping. Again, awesome 30 minute comedy show that's actually funny i need more of these preferably on streaming channels because i don't i don't really like traditional uh cable but uh yeah this is uh fantastic highly recommend this one
0: check it out well i will match your highly recommend with another highly recommend and uh so this is a show that has no business being good um and uh (laughs) Uh, I, I will tell you that it is a, uh, related to a big property, one that you mentioned, Star Wars. And, like, Star Wars has been having these shows. Um, and, you know, like, for lack of a better term, there was, like, the Mandoverse shows, which is Mandalorian and, and, and the Book of Boba Fett. And now there's going to be, like, uh, Knights of the Old Repo- or Or... Um, there's gonna be other other shows that are are spinning off of, of that era, that timeline in Star Wars. And and those shows are are really good and they do a really good job of capturing like the, the whimsical feel of the films, the sort of Western mixed with uh you know action, mixed with all this sort of uh uh pulp and color. Um and they're you know, very enjoyable shows for sure, for sure. Uh they the they're good you know we've talked about what makes good star wars they' they're good star wars um and then uh there's been other shows notably um Obi-wan Kenobi, which is like really tried to be like I guess a, a you know a movie in a show like it's brought back major characters from the films like Darth Vader and others major actors tried tried to to be a big a big piece, and I will be honest. For a guy who loves Star Wars, had tons of Star Wars nostalgia. I started Obi-Wan Kenobi. We dropped it and have not gone back. Like, I'm maybe like three episodes in. I was like, it was okay, but it was, it just, you know, I I don't think I'm saying an unpopular opinion when I'm saying that it it was a middling show or or was seen as a a middling show. Um, And uh, so anyway, the latest Star Wars is this show called Andor. Uh, and andor is uh, a prequel to a prequel. Uh, so uh, Rogue One was the the movie when Disney first bought Star Wars, it was their first kind of step into like uh, coloring around the margins of the Star Wars original Star Wars trilogy. It was a prequel about how the Death Star plans were stolen. Well, they took one of the characters from that movie and they've done an entire prequel series to that character's origin, Cassian Andor. And uh, so uh, just a couple of things here, Ryan. First off, who gives a shit about Cassian Andor was one of my first questions when I heard about this show. Like no offense, but like there's no nostalgia that's built in uh, from my generation. for a guy like this like there's no you know he's just some dude um that was in rogue one uh and uh he's the male lead in that movie but like it was he was not the main character um and uh you know it it just felt the definition of super super superfluous i can't even say the word so i mean maybe i maybe it's not the definition of that but so like this is just conceptually but then the reviews started coming in, and they were coming in hot. People were like, this show is really good. And so I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I've been burnt on Star Wars lately. But we were between shows, and I, I talked to Jess, and I was like, why don't we watch, like, let's watch Andor. So now we're seven episodes into Andor, and it's amazing. Like, it is so good. And... Uh, I, I'll just talk briefly about why it's good there's there's two things that I, one is you do not need to have seen any Star Wars to watch andor this is the benefit of being a prequel to a prequel um, it is it is essentially like you can watch it like it can be the first piece of Star Wars anything you ever watch and as long as you know that the Empire or the bad guys, which is made clear on the show you don't really need to know much else yes is it cool when they go to like Coruscant or something that you know what that is yeah that's cool but besides that it's just an amazing um uh, it's just amazing how it's like you can just start watching it and then secondly um what is what is insane about it is that it's a show for adults like it's a really an adult show Um, And I know that that's like, I don't mean to demean Star Wars, but Star Wars is always balanced, kids and adults, like they've got the kooky alien, even Mandalorian, which is, you know, has content that I wouldn't necessarily want my kids watching immediately, has like, you know, you got your baby Yodas and your crazy aliens or whatever, and you've got your jokes or your stormtroopers making jokes, um, uh, like there's there's lightheartedness to it, whereas this is dark. This is about the origin of a rebellion, um, a rebellion under tyranny. And um, I will say that it's like, and it's it's all build and release. Like two episodes of build. Jess wanted to quit like halfway into the second episode. She's like, they're they're never getting anywhere. Like it's he's walking on the street again. Like stuff is not happening. And then third episode, boom. You know, things released, it's amazing. Six episode is one of the best pieces of Star Wars, anything I've ever seen. However, it it it's not pulpy, and it doesn't lead itself to a ton of rewatch. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I got, you know... I'm really enjoying watching Andor, and I'm looking forward to seeing it to its conclusion. But you know, one of the reasons I rewatched the original Star Wars trilogy is because it goes down so easy. Andor is like, you know, it's challenging. The, the The conversations are textured. It's like more adult fare. You feel it when you watch it, and as it goes on, and they're talking about the nature of a rebellion, and they're 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 you know they're dealing with these themes. There's some. Action and set pieces that are just so well earned because they're built up over time. It's an espionage tale, first and foremost. Like, and it's not a guy who's got crazy force powers, he's just a dude, right? And uh, so, when he's in danger, he's in danger. And, um, and yeah, um, it's just it's great, it's just a great, great show, but it is the definition of a slow burn. And I would say to anybody who is expecting to turn it on see the big star wars crawl and then lasers boom 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 you know like the first episode has maybe one blaster go off one time and then there's no blasters that go off for like three episodes right so it's it is it is a slow build but when it when it goes it goes big and you appreciate it and uh, it feels good there's great actor there's some great actors in it many that you would know that I don't want to reveal because their identities are s- somewhat spoilers but they're they're not legacy characters they're new characters so anyway uh enough on uh on that ryan just to say that like i i think it's a great show it's super awesome um it's just it's star wars for adults like definitely not for kids (laughs) kids would be bored within five minutes anyway um but uh it just goes it's one of the first pieces of star wars that makes me realize that there is malleability in the star wars universe like that everything doesn't like and the mcu tries different tones from time to time you just talked about she-hulk but like star wars sticks mostly to the same through tones within a certain range but this is like very different to anything that they've done before
1: yeah no i i i uh I'm, I'm trying to remember, and this is probably to Star Wars detriment. I'm trying to remember the other Star Wars TV shows. I did watch Obi-Wan, uh, well, the Kenobi series, and and I really liked it. And I think it goes back to the fact that the prequel trilogy was sort of, it, it's what came out when I was a kid. It's what I watched when I was a kid. I don't like hold them in some high regard like I know Bo does, uh, but, uh, and he's talked about that on, on core, which is actually still recording. Um, they're in their fifth hour now. Um, we, uh, like I, I liked Kenobi, but I, I feel you on that. Like, it feels like the Star Wars content that they've done, um, with the sequel trilogy has been hit and miss. It's not all been the Mandalorian, you know, it's been a little bit of Boba Fett. And we've talked about Star Wars before. And I think it's so funny that the one I haven't kept up on is Andor, which, like you, is like, man, people are going to hate this. I might enjoy it because I really like what Disney is putting out with their streaming content. I find it all to be very high quality and totally watchable. But for some reason, whenever new Star Wars stuff comes out or new Marvel stuff comes out, people like to think, well, it's not as good as... X, Y, Z, and it's like, well, no, Yeah, but you
0: just said it yourself. You're, you just said it's all hit and miss, and then, then you're like, oh, but then people crap. No, they crap on when it misses, and I, I do too. Like, I mean, I think that your your nostalgia goggles will affect how you view Obi Wan, you know, because of the prequels. Bo also really liked it because he likes the prequels. I don't have that affinity to the prequels, therefore, I don't have the nostalgia. But I do have the nostalgia for a lot of stuff. Um, you know in in mando uh and uh and a lot of, like in Ma- the mandalorian is really really great but is it better than andor probably not like it's probably not a better show are art like than andor is it a more fun show yes absolutely like it's it's you know it's that there's something really cool it's it's caked in fan service, and Mandalorian is, which is which is great for long-term fans like me and people who like universes like you, uh, like you like the building the building out of things. But if you just want like a really tight espionage show that is that is asking hard questions, but is set uses the Star Wars universe is a backdrop, then Andor is that show. And it 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 it's filmed differently. The music is insanely good and and different. It's, it's, um, there's not many aliens. Like, I think that was a conscious ch- choice. Like, it's very, there's rarely an alien. It's almost all humans, which, which works well. So, I, I would just say it's, it's something different. And that's why it's like, Bo and I were talking about like, what's better, Mando or, or Andor. And the the thing is, it's like, it's uh, they're two completely things, different things. It's like comparing Schindler's list to Happy Gilmore or whatever. Like they're both are good at what they do, but they're complete they're doing completely different things, right? So I can't even say with certainty that you, Ryan Murphy, will like Andor. Because I could see you being like, this is too slow, or being like, oh, there's, you know it doesn't reference enough things or like, I don't, I don't know. I can, I can see it not resonating. I'm not saying it's a slam dunk for everyone. As I said, Jesse was about to drop. Uh, but, but when episode, like Disney released the first three episodes at once. And I think that that's kind of crucial. And if I was telling anyone with the show, it's like, if you're going to choose to watch the show, watch the first three episodes, because again, Episode one sets the table. Episode two build episode three fireworks. So if you don't get to the fireworks and you're just like, "Ah, I just watched these two episodes, then, I mean, I can understand why you would be like, oh yeah, maybe not for me.
1: Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. I think rogue one is my favorite of all the films that Disney has put out post acquisition of 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 Star Wars. I really liked Rogue One. Um I'm pretty sure Ashley and I saw it together in theaters and she enjoyed it as well. So like when they announced the Andor series, I was like, "Oh, that's cool because he's he is one of the better characters from from that from that movie. I liked him. Um so I I'm excited to go back to it. But yeah, I did hear the fact that you have to kind of watch the three episodes before uh you know before exiting cuz it it there's a reason they drop three at, at the start um and maybe this is something that i i sit down and try to watch with ashley like i i i think when it comes to star wars it's it's usually like a a hard pass for her but i think what it comes down to is uh it's it's it doesn't have lightsabers right like it's it's all as you no. said it's about the rebellion so like the the jedi are are gone i'm sure there will be a lightsaber at, At some point but it's not the core
0: focus i don't think there ever will be yeah and that sounds good
1: like that if i can tell ashley like no there's nobody in this show uh swinging around a fake sword that glows and she's like yeah Yeah, perfect uh,
0: yeah no i would it is funny ryan because it is a bit of a star wars show for people who don't wouldn't necessarily watch star wars like in many ways i could see my mom watching this show like it is if it was set somewhere else and like not uh but like at the core it's a god like the Cassian Andor of Rogue One is a hardened member of the Rebel Alliance who does these these spy missions you know at the start of the movies he's really in it to win it the Cassian who starts this series is um you know a man of many talents but he is not A rebel yet and what what brings him to be a rebel and all of that is the journey and it is uh being pretty interesting thus far um if i also should mention that there's a note like it's in three episode arcs the second three episode arc is about a heist if you like heist movies uh and that sort of thing which a lot of people do i would say this is another good one for that I am not done, and/or it's possible that it completely botches the landing. I'm two episodes behind. My understanding is they're still pretty good. Uh, it's going to be a 12 episode series, so uh, and and my understanding is it's going to run two seasons before it connects to Rogue One. So uh, I, I, there's still a lot of a lot of runway uh, left, but I feel comfortable where it's at now to be able to just say, yeah, you should watch. You know, folks should watch the show if they care. At all about star wars or espionage or if any of those things that i said uh sound uh, sound good um the other thing and i'm I'm just gonna plow through it real quick, Ryan, because I know I took up a lot of time on andor and I think that's where I want to spend the time but i um I know that like for the gamers in the 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 game a book club uh, the game club was uh thought of war twenty eighteen in anticipation of the release of God of War Ragnarok which reviews are coming in as we record this and surprise surprise it's the the sequel to the 2018 game is also being very well received so i've been playing the 2018 game and i had only played it upon release uh it's the only game i'm really playing right now uh and uh it is really a good game <laughs> uh, and uh and i'm enjoying it a lot and uh I will say that I chose to play it on a harder difficulty mode. Like, um, there's like, uh, not the hardest. Like, it's it's like, give me a challenge or something like that. And it starts brutally difficult. And I've died a lot. And really, like, I, part of me feels because there's no real achievement associated with completing it on this difficulty. And I can turn it down at any time. And part of me feels like I should turn it down because I'm kind of getting sick of the game because I die a lot. And... um you know i i am less excited to to roll right into ragnarok because i'm just like well i played a lot of god of war lately it's going to be mostly the similar similar game maybe i need a palette cleanser between the two but i, I have been uh, i have been enjoying it and even though ragnarok's coming out soon i'm going to be seeing this one through to the end and trying to complete it as best i can before moving on to the uh, to the next game ryan did you finish it for the gamers in club
1: Yes, I did. I finished up God of War 2018 and I am uh stoked to be playing Ragnarok uh next week at some point on my PlayStation 5. I've got a got a pre-order it actually, so it's ready to go cuz I'm I'm sure it's a huge download. Um but yeah, reviews just posted today and I I've been kind of staying away from them outside of like, you know, the traditional stuff that that sneaks through and I, and it's reviewing very, very well, which is not really a huge surprise, but um, yeah, I'm excited.
0: It's because they did all the work last time. That's yeah. the thing I was like playing the game. It is so well tuned and they really could just like release more because it obviously didn't have as many in the previous god of war games there's a lot of gods that you would fight and then there, there weren't so many they they paced it differently but they could really blow it out in the second one and i could see that happening without changing the core structure of the game they had done so much design work on the 2018 game that, like, you know, I sort of have known ever since they announced that there was going to be a sequel, what that sequel would look and feel like, you know. Um, and so so that's, that's the thing. There's no surprises, really, to it. Like, uh, it's going to be another fantastic game. Like, and that changes nothing. I'm really excited for Spider-Man 2 when it eventually comes out. But I don't expect it to be radically different from spider-man one right like uh and that's the that's the the same thing here i think that there'll be some interesting conversations for a game of the year between it and elden ring um you know do you reward the the game that's done something different and maybe uh made people look at things a different way or do you reward the game that's polished to it to a sheen and that just you know improves on 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 what they nailed so well the first time you know will be interesting
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I think you saw this um, if you played Horizon Forbidden West, you you, I saw this like it's it's kind of surprising to see um, a major publisher take like a game that was well received and produce a sequel for a new platform. And and of course, Horizon and God of War Ragnarok um, are cross generation games and that you can play them on the PS4 or the PS5, but they are very much a continuation, not in store, only in story, but in gameplay. Um, Horizon Forbidden West really felt like a direct continue. like they took all the systems from Horizon Zero Dawn brought them forward into the sequel new story new environments and of course quality of life improvements and such but like very much using what they've already built to just continue telling an amazing story with new environments and new new abilities in combat but it, it's, it would be a disservice to call it an expansion But like that's how that's how to best kind of describe it in terms of what we're used to from video games, because like when you get a sequel on a new platform or or even a sequel on the same platform five years later, it really does feel like they took everything and started from scratch. Um, By no means am I suggesting that's the only way to do it. I I think I think like the way that Sony has approached their sequels uh, with Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok. I much prefer that. If it gets us these high quality single player campaigns sooner rather than later to continue telling the story, I am, especially if you nailed the design in the first one, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So see,
0: the thing that I struggle with, Brian, is that um, because I I agree, like (laughs) when God of War 2018 came out, it was up against Red Dead Redemption 2, which was the big favorite to win all these Game of the Year awards. In fact got a war one most of them and uh it set the this high watermark got these perfect scores they released a sequel to it obviously that sequel is going to not stray too far like why would you you've developed this amazing combat system it would be ridiculous even though you're going to a new system and by the way i will be playing ragnarok on a ps4 pro so like um you know it's and i'm not bothered by that and and you know like it's it seems like by all intents and purposes it's the exact same game and god of war 2018 looks fantastic on my 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 tv right now so um I think we get into the weeds talking about, oh, the performance plus X and this and that, and everybody wants to, you know, justify their consoles, and I get that, but like... uh, um you know, one thing I will be interested in is is that uh, you see very much there's a lot of, like, crawling between spaces that is clearly designed to hide loading. I'm curious if, like, the PS4 version might have that, but the PS5 version won't have it or something along those lines. Um, it'd be interesting. But, uh, yeah, sorry. I got, got, got a feel. But what I was going to say, Ryan, is that, like, If they, if, like, what I, you know, I'm not in game design. I I know it's difficult. But when I was a kid or younger, a young man, uh, they would develop these games, like, a Grand Theft Auto 3. They would develop it, and then they would release sequels, like, the year after or the year after that. Because all they had to do was, you know, like... Yes, they had to do the voice acting, they had to script it, they had to do whatever, but the engine, all of that was built. They just built a new city, different colors, different things. Like, they were able to, like, put out these games. And uh, I know games are much more complicated now, but, like, I'm not sure how long it took to make the original God of War 2018. Like, Like, but it's taken four years, or, like, from 2018 to 2022 to release the sequel so did it make it much like but yet they're they're only just kind of like enhancing uh polishing a diamond you know what i mean like they're adding more levels they're adding more story they're adding more stuff but it's really the game is being designed and all this it should it not be faster like cause it should they not be able to do it in say two years or whatever um like four years i feel like when you're at a four-year gap you might as well be like building a whole new thing right like that's sort of maybe maybe that's unfair again i don't i don't know the realities of modern game development but i just feel like if they were like oh playstation 5's coming out we need to do a whole new gameplay system or whatever would that have made the game take that much longer than the four years you know
1: yeah no i i think i think uh from a game design standpoint like if you if you are developing from scratch it would take it would take longer than four years like it's there there are other, you know, behind the scenes reasons, I think, for Ragnarok laying a bit behind. Obviously, you, you have the COVID-19 pandemic that is still ongoing and affecting, you know, um, you know, developers ability to to put these game these large games together. Uh, but I, I also think there was some some uh, there was an issue with the main actor who plays God of War, God of War Kratos, who is the God of War. So I'm not technically misspoken there. Um, I think he had an injury. <laughs> During Christopher production. Judge. Christopher Judge, thank you. Uh, I believe he did have an injury, which which did um, offset their ability to do mocap work. But you know that that all being said, like I think that you like if you look at if you look at what Microsoft's doing, a lot of their current generation first party titles are have not released yet. Like they are lagging far behind. They talk about 2023 being a big year with Starfield and other games. Um, but Sony is taking a different approach. And when they saw this opportunity to be, oh, okay, let's continue to build these games, target, you know, the PlayStation five hardware, but make sure that they're compatible with the PS four. And it's, I think a strategy that's worked out really well for them because it's allowed them to release these games and have them playable by millions of players, even those that haven't picked up a PS five yet. So, but yeah, I, I did, I did see people talking in the previews for Ragnarok that there are still the uh the load not the load times but like the animations of moving through a small crevice and um there was a there was a lot of talk on twitter about how like yes t- technically that can be used to to hide a load but um sometimes that can be used to also gate the player into an area to allow the you know the engine to load the next level and dump the previous level so if you know you're moving through a crevice like, you know, the player can not just turn around and, and enter like this huge area that was 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 just offloaded and therefore causing, you know, a bad glitch. So, like, there are other design elements besides just like hiding a load, uh, uh, you know, when you move through a, a small crevice. But that was the previous generation, right? A lot of like, you know, let me push forward on the control stick while my character slowly moves through, yeah. you know, this crevice. The
0: crevice. The crevice generation for sure like it's (laughs) funny because i i was like uh i was thinking about that while playing god of war because like jedi fallen order there's just so many of these games where you're like always like going through these crevices and they're so well done like often there was scripted animations and just different things that you kind of like um you see in the context of that individual game you don't you might not even register what's going on but but once you play an entire generation's worth of those types of games, and you're constantly like scooting through a narrow passage, you know, you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> they're they're doing something here. But uh, anyway, much better than a loading screen, that's for sure. Um, speaking of no loading, Ryan, should we? or are, are did you have more on your Disney Plus docket, or should we move into the the di- start changing some diapers?
1: uh let's uh let's move into the diapers section for sure
0: all right well the big thing of note that has affected both of our lives is all hallows eve ryan it as you may know it is uh early november which is usually the worst and shittiest month of the year uh but the weather has been crazy good for whatever reason uh and so i can't slam november as badly as i normally like to however one thing that is always awesome is the end of October and Halloween, and it is all really fun taking out kids on Halloween. Ryan, how did it go for your brood this year?
1: Oh, it went really well. Uh, it was it was looking like it was it was going to be a tough go because Abby was you know down and out sick over the weekend, and we really pushed it. Like okay, like let's, let's focus up on recovery. Let's like she was like napping, which is like unheard of. And even more so, napping and then going going to bed on time, which was like, okay, you were you were sick on Saturday, um, but she bounced back. Monday we went trick or treating. Um, we did not go to as many houses as the pile of candy that I posted in our group chat would would uh, would would provide evidence for. Like, I find that at least in our area, everyone's handing out you know bags of candy, and I don't know if it's because. Um, they knew we were coming and they had like specific bags made up, but I think like we got so much candy and I think maybe we hit like maybe 20 houses. Um, but this was the first year that Isabel was kind of like understanding of what was going on. Uh, last year she was just kind of along for the ride and spent most of the time in the wagon and went up to a couple of houses, but not really like doing the trick or treating, just more like give me candy. Um, But this year, all three of them were all in, you know, running around. Um, Caden was, uh, you know, he was in a homemade Lego costume that that Ashley had made him. And uh, he was he was a little (laughs) slower to get to the houses. But Abby was just running and and Izzy was running all over. And, you know, they were just so excited to be out there. And and as you said, the weather cooperated Uh, here. It did end up raining, but not until like eight, nine o'clock when it was mostly just the teenagers that were out but um as is tradition every year we leave a table out with candy little candy bags on them and of course like i you know some of them a lot of them were stolen i think i had we didn't get the lights turned off in time and i was kind of packing away and we still had people coming to the door and it's like there are so many houses out here like if you can't get candy for me there are so many other places you can get candy like i've I guess I, I guess when I was a kid, I could understand it, but as an adult it's like, man, how much, how much, (laughs) how much, how much candy do you really need? Honestly. Um, so like, yeah, but the kids had a lot of fun and they, I think they liked the idea of getting the candy and of course, like having some on the go and having it available to them. Um, after halloween but like they're they're at a young age where we don't we don't really give we don't give them the candy we kind of like put it up in a way and uh sorry kids you're listening to this afterwards but ashley and i usually go through it and we'll make a bag we'll ask family like okay ashley's family like what what are your favorite candies and we'll kind of make bags for them because like there's no way they need all of it right so
0: well yeah i i guess how old's caden again remind me
1: caden's six so like he's still at the age where they don't really understand how much can they understand how much candy they got in the moment, but like, yeah, it's not, you don't
0: know know, how much total it is. They really like, or what the consequences are of eating all that candy. Yeah.
1: Again, like I think obviously we're going to get to an age where they're like, it's going to be their candy and they're going to put it away in their location. And that's fine. We'll get there. And I'm totally cool with that. But as of right now, like when they have sugar, they go, they have no control. They just go, you know, all out. So, like, they, they get, we give them some as we go, of course, but like, they're not at the age where it's like, wait a minute, I had 20 miniature Kit Kats and I only have 10 in this bag. I only counted 10. So, clearly something's up. You know, they're, they're not at that age just yet. And they will get there in which, by all means, this is, this is your candy. Uh, but, but I'm still gonna take some. But, uh, yeah, like, it, I don't know. We don't give them. We don't give them the candy to, to hold over and uh, organize. We kind of hold it back. I, I like, I, There's no way you let them have all that candy that you displayed right in your picture.
0: Ah, uh, like we just let them <laughs> eat as much as they wanted on Halloween night. Really? Uh, and then uh, look, look, look. <laughs> there's a couple of things here. First off, and this is no offense to Kaden, uh, girls are, like Gwen, a, 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 my girls in particular have a good sense of thinking ahead uh, and like Gwen wasn't going to eat all her candy uh, on night one. You know, she wasn't even going to gorge until she felt she knows she plans ahead. She's eight. Um, so she's a bit older, and Clara looks to Gwen sort of for the tone, you know, of what to do. And so, you know, Clara, Gwen has a candy, Clara has a candy. So they had a fair amount of candy, and then they organize them. They love to organize them, and then they put them in the the containers, and then we, I, you know, we put them away. Uh, and then after school every day this week, we've just dumped the table and let them go hog wild mostly. And so they've been eating. Th- they've been eating through their candy. Um, here's the thing. Uh, so for, for us, this is like, you have three kids, so it makes the math different. But for me with two kids, I really thought about this Halloween a bit differently. Cause I remember when I was in grade four, um, that Halloween was huge for me that year in my mind, all the month of October, I was counting down to Halloween. I remember it like so grade four is peak Halloween, and then following that, you know, it starts becoming less about trick-or-treating with your family. Not, not immediately afterwards, but like you're you're trending downwards to a point where like an 11-year-old may be wanting to trick-or-treat more with their friends and stuff. Gwen asked, she's like, can we just trick-or-treat just our family this year? because sometimes we're in a big residential area, we get swept up with neighbors or other friends or we invite friends to trick or treat with us. So she really wanted just like to trick or treat with us. She's in grade three. So next year being peak Halloween for her, she's eight years old. So there's like three years of what I call the golden years of trick or treating before she like turns 11. I feel like at 11, we're gonna start trending downwards for Gwen, whereas then you, you with three kids, as long as you have two kids that are like really into it, like if your oldest goes out with others, then it's not as big a deal. But like for us, it's like if Gwen's like, oh, I'm gonna go trick or treat with my friends, and then it's just us and Clara. I mean that's okay too. But that family trick or treating, like I feel like we're on the clock. I guess is what I'm saying. Three, three, uh, three Halloweens, um you know, moving forward. And this one was the first of what I consider the golden age where Clara is now old enough to appreciate it herself. So she's like, she's five, uh, or four rather, she's four, but like a, you know, a very active and aware four year old. And Gwen is eight. And so this is just like money. We're going down the street. They're both having a blast. They're checking out the decorations. They're they're joking together. They're getting spooked by like people's decorations. Like there's these doorbells that made all sorts of noise and they would laugh and all of that sort of thing. And then they would get tons of candy. We did our street. We did the street next to it. Then we loop back. And just those two streets alone, like I mean, it took us a long time. We hit almost every house, and it was great. And then, and then, uh, you know, part of it is dumping it out and, and gorging, and then sharing or whatever. Um, and and so, uh, so they did that, and they've been like going through it throughout the week. They're super generous with us. If I'm like, can I have a candy? There, Gwen will just give me my favorite whenever. They're just super great like that. So it's been super fun. Like this year was just absolute blast. Halloween. Gwen was a witch. Clara was a princess. Couldn't be much more classic. I was Spider-Man obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so yeah, uh, no, really, really good.
1: Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. Like, I think, uh, I think our kids just handle sugar differently. Like I think if we put their candy out and said like, have as much as you want after school, um, Abby, and you say like, well, maybe, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a boy thing, but no, Abby's the worst. Uh, actually, it's the opposite. Abby and Isabel are both really bad with with sugar, and then Abby will have like a next to sugar free popsicle and be bouncing off the walls all night until bedtime, and and it's like oh man, i always like it's uh, it's, it's just a little littlest amount. So like chocolate, eh, yeah, it like not not gonna go over well. Although like you know, sparsed out here and there, absolutely. Isabel, she'll just she'll just keep asking for it. So like, if we even have the how we have, we have to put the Halloween candy down. Cause even if it is on the counter, um, upstairs in the kitchen, she will see it. And she will be like, yep, I'm going to have some of that all day, every day. And I'm, I'm going to make you regret having that on the, on the kitchen counter. So like you, you're, you're right in the sense that with three kids, like we also have the youngest who just is all about, like, I see it, I want it, I'm going to have it. And I'm going to make, <laughs> I'm going to make you, you pay for it. um, But, uh, yeah, like I think next year will be a little different. And, and of course on Halloween night, like all three of them, we said like, yeah, if you want to have candy, go ahead and have candy as we're moving forward. Like we're also in that zone. We're like trying to be like, yeah, don't have like the big giant sucker. Don't have like the bubble gum or the really chewy candy. Uh, we usually go through like when we're going through it, like at the end of the night, we pour it all out and everyone gets to go through it and, have a couple, uh, you know, before bed. But at the same time, we're like, okay, this candy is like the bad candy, like the really chewy ones, the the, you know, the the gum, that sort of thing. And that goes in a pile of like basically in the garbage, (laughs) you know, Uh, because it's just it's that's like a dentist appointment waiting to happen. But during trick or treating, like, you know, the kids were just happy to be running around getting the candy. And, and you mentioned like trick or treating with friends. Um, Our bus stop is not too far from our house. And we met this other family there. And we've been hanging around with them. Well, you know, at the bus stop every morning for the last couple years, and they just live up the street. So I said to the kids, like, well, we'll make our way around the, the loop here. And then we'll go by, you know, your friend's house and see if they're there. And sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. And, Luckily, as we were going around, we actually caught them as they were getting ready to go out trick or treating. So for a little bit there the you know, their three kids and our three kids were just running back and forth across the street, which, of course, was like making me super nervous. But it was like a very quiet street. Like if you were there, you would live there. And so there was no cars coming. So it wasn't too bad. But like they were just dotting back and forth between houses uh, as a group of six and of course you'd have the Lego man running up, you know, <laughs> taking up the rear because he couldn't see very well and was a little slower, but it, like they just had a blast. And of course like, you know, they were just starting trick or treating so they just raced off ahead of us and we were like nearing the end. They they have older kids, so they were running a bit behind uh getting out there, but yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting preview of like like you said like we hadn't gone trick or treating with friends uh with the kids friends before. I'm I can see like, yeah, hitting an age where like the kids will be ha- just happy to go trick or treating with their friends as opposed to their parents. But I still feel like with our kids, we've got a good chunk. Like they're still they're still pretty young and also pretty, pretty close in the sense that like they don't uh, they they haven't really been socializing with, you know, the kids outside their their friends outside of school. But I'm sure that, you know, that day will come, of course. And as you said, like enjoy these days while we have them. And I've, and the trick or treating was it's the best it's ever been, and I felt bad. I did not dress up. I Said I was going to dress up next year. Saying it now, I'm going to dress up. I'm going to start thinking about my costume because I want to dress up too. Kind of felt like a like a bit of a um. I know last year it felt worse. Last year I felt Oosh like. Bag. It, well, no, I that not the word I was going to use, but just like uh, a, a bit of a, a, a liar. A, no, you're getting a little closer, but like something like uh like a party pooper, you know, just. You know, just walking around in my in my winter jacket as the kids collect candy. Um,
0: winter jacket. I didn't even need like it I wasn't did, too I was bad. A
1: it was a, a, oh, a spring jacket. I didn't have the insert in yet. So I guess I should say spring slash fall jacket to be technical. But next year I'll dress up. I was joking with Travis like I got two weeks. I got to figure it out. And I, uh, I did not figure it out. So apologies for that.
0: It's funny because my brother lives in Calgary and they've got like three feet of snow or something. No. It's just, and then in Ottawa this weekend it's going to be twenty two Celsius, um, which for our American listener is very hot, um, but uh, uh, or for this time to- this time of year. Um, I just wanted to mention, like, I this is like going to be gushing a little bit here, but my my daughter's school is my both daughters go to the same school. It is so good. Uh, it's crazy. And it's it's like this alternative school so that they're always trying like new learning things or just doing stuff differently. But they had a school open house recently and I went and uh, had a really good time. Uh, and uh, they had a movie night uh, in the gym, and we went to that, and that was a really good time. And uh, they had this thing called the sharing, which is like, instead of assembly, all the classes get together in the gym, and they share what they've learned, and they do these little plays, or these little things, and we went to watch that, and that was a good time. Uh, but it's been a lot. At one point, it feels like I've been in my daughter's school more than I've been at, you know, in my office. Um, but uh but yeah one of the things that's been cool is there's now clubs um for my daughter to join and she's joined like yarn or knitting club she's joined but one club is there's the music teacher has this ukulele club and uh Jesse, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Gwen has joined Ukulele Club and she's really into it to the point that last weekend we went and bought her a ukulele. um, And she's been playing it. She got the music teacher to put little stickers on it to show her how to do chords. And it is so crazy because neither me or my wife play any musical instruments or are musically inclined at all. So Gwen is kind of like teaching us stuff. She's like, this is how you do a C chord. And this is a, and and I can't even tune her ukulele. I can do nothing. And Jessie wants to get her own ukulele so she can learn along with Gwen. But it is just so cool to see my daughter learn something that I never learned, nor that I have an affinity for like like, I like it, and I appreciate what, I appreciate it, but it's her own path, you know? And it's been influenced by school. Obviously, this guy, this music teacher, really cares about music and, and, and does the ukulele club, and she does it with her friends, and now she's really into it, and school can have a big impact on those types of things. But it's just really awesome. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll updates in the future about Gwen's m- magical ukulele adventures. But so far, so good isn't so bad on my ears. Like she, she hits her chords, I think. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, awesome school. That's great.
1: No, I think music like clubs is one of those things that, uh, I don't think we really had when I was a kid till we were in high school. Like, I don't think it was a thing, at least the elementary school I went to, I mean, it might be very different for, you know, um, our kids in the sense that they're at a, they're at a city school as opposed to like a, a village elementary school so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but yeah that sounds really cool i know i know kaden and abby would love that they would love that sort of stuff so uh not that not that there are going to be uh any clubs anytime soon but uh yeah no it sounds really cool
0: when i did the tour of the school and i went into the music room because i i you know Went to a rural elementary school with minimal facilities that was not part of an alternative whatever whatever and I, and i went in and i looked at the, the music room and it was so full of stuff like he had like all these bongo drums and xylophones and like a bass that he plugged in and like all this sort of and and there was there were ukuleles on the wall for every kid and they were all named after a famous musician with a sticker like beyonce the john lennon ukulele like they, they all had different ones and i was looking at this stuff and i was like man this is just a magical like i i was like i had nothing like this when i went to school you know uh so it is it is great when you you know uh when you see 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 stuff like that like it it, i encourage parents to get involved with their kids and what try to figure out what's going on in class during covid we kind of got that brought to us but uh, now it's like a different world. So it is, it was fun. I, I, even the library I'd heard a lot about the library. I was keen to see it. And it was, it was cool. Like it was like a little kid's library and uh, yeah, pretty awesome.
1: Cool. Yeah, I know. I know when we were doing a a tour of, of Caden's, uh, Caden and Abbey school, like they have a a fully functioning music room, which we never had when we were a kid. And, um, the, the library did remind me a lot of, of the one we had when we were kids. Um, which was, which was really cool to be in and it's been, been a long time. So it was, a, it's neat. It's neat doing the tours. I I have not been at the school as much as the the kids have, but, uh, um, it's always nice to go and and see the facilities and, and talk to the teachers and stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's part of it. And it's, it was sorely missed, um, during COVID we never got to do it until this year. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Ryan, uh, did you want to talk before we do the business and sign off? Uh, did you want to talk a little bit about what's been going on on the Extra Life front?
1: Yeah, let's talk about Extra Life. So uh, we had our event previously to this episode, our Aven Dad's Age of Megalodon event, where we played Sea of Thieves, and uh, I talked a bit about it on uh, Gamers Inn, but uh, it was a it was a successful event. Um, You know, learned a lot about Sea of Thieves (laughs) Uh, is some moments of, 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 you know, you know, hand to forehead type moments of like, oh, man, we got to go here. We got to go there. Uh, But it was a lot of fun. We raised funds for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. uh, And if you want to go to tiny.cc slash donate event ads, you can still donate to either Travis or I. I'm playing for Sick Kids out of Toronto and Travis is playing for Boston Children's Hospital. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun jumping back into Sea of Thieves and we'll have more Sea of Thieves fun scheduled for Saturday, November 5th for our Extra Life game day. And I think we're going to play Sea of Thieves around 730. So after our dinner break. So really looking forward to that, especially since now I kind of know how to do, (laughs) as Jocelyn was saying, Crofton, you kind of queued us up into one of like the more difficult puzzles. But I think we did pretty good for like a lot of Fresh uh, sailors on our team, like Rowan and Travis. This is like their first time truly playing the game. And uh, I think we did pretty good.
0: I think Sea of Thieves is always a blast with with four players. And I agree that they did well. And it was just just a good time. Like, it's just a fun, cooperative game to play. But, you know, also, like, immersive. Feels almost like you're actually sailing. Like, you do things together. You're working like it 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 mixes all the the best collaborative stuff of something like overcooked without the frustration you know like because you're you know you're all you're all working together you're all taking on different roles on the ship and it was fun seeing people gravitate to different 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 things or do different things and then you can goof off if you want and like at the end we sunk our ship and we're all playing the instruments and stuff i, I yeah definitely I had, a, I had a really good time that's such a fun game and i understand that you will be revisiting it soon
1: yeah yeah so uh we'll be playing saturday november 5th as i said around seven thirty p.m so i'm i'm excited excited maybe i'll be there maybe yeah i was supposed to ask you pre-show i guess Bo will be there Um, Oh, we'll be there. Yeah. Crofton, I hope you can make it. It'll be a lot of fun uh, to to get uh, half the event ads crew back together. Um, But yeah, go to tinycc slash donate event ads and you can support a great cause and check out all of our events that are happening. And and maybe maybe we'll squeeze in another Dungeons and Diapers event. I don't know. We haven't really talked about it, but uh, maybe you never know. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty sure this year is gonna fly by. It's already November, so maybe is definitely the keyword there. Um, but uh, Crofton, before we go, I do have an email, and I'm gonna read this. And it's like it's not an email, but it's a it's an email that was sent to us through Discord. Um, this is from Whirlwind, and I'm gonna go through this. One
0: of the event ads, yeah,
1: one of the event ads, exactly. So bear with me as I go through this, and apologies to anyone uh, that. Uh, well, apologies to Whirlwind if I butcher this, but, uh, he is, he has drafted a short story for us. So s- bear with me here. Uh, good evening. This is an email from Whirlwind. He didn't say that. I am good evening. This is of course a real email sent to the plug the mailbox here by first time writer to the mailbox Whirlwind. I think I was supposed to say, uh,
0: uh you're uh, screwing this up, Ryan. Yeah, Keep da- going.
1: Data TGI studios.com. Send us an email. Uh, hope all is going well with your respective family. Uh, host name A and host name B. Uh, I write to you, certified daddy. I, I, I'm wondering now if Rowan's actually listened to the show. He should know. He should know our email, and he should. She, she, he should know our names. But, anyways, um, I write to you, certified daddies, with a burning hot question that struck me recently. Here's the Um uh, I don't know what that is uh i should mise
0: know it. en scene. it's like setting the stage ah uh, mise scene.
1: okay uh it all started last monday so this was like many mondays ago but bear with me uh as you canadian folks know last weekend was a long one and this meant that for some of us daddies mummies were working on monday and the kids were staying home due to school and daycare closures i'm thinking this is thanksgiving maybe um for me avid listener first time writer whirlwind this was the case one might say that day was daddy daycare vibes AF. So there you go. At one point during the day, around the time where the kids usually have their well-needed naps at the daycare, I was facing excited kids. They were real whirlwinds, some might say. Uh, grape juice strikes again. Why oh why do we keep having <laughs> some in the fridge? I will never know. Nevertheless, here I was against the two agents of chaos that wouldn't calm down. I tried many strategies and even looked up online guides in order to uh, defeat the bosses. But alas, I was unsuccessful. The two monsoons were unstoppable. When suddenly something clicked inside of me. In an instant, I felt as if I left my body. My voice became heavier. My hair became more gray. And my vision got more blurry. My tone shifted. And without me ever trying to talk, words came out of my mouth. Words that weren't even my own, but words that I have heard before a long, long time ago and that were really hurtful to me when I was but a young whirlwind. Here I was, looking at an older, grimier version of myself, saying words I never employed towards my uh, progeniteur. Crofton? Progeniteur?
0: Uh, I, don't, I don't want to touch that one. Keep going.
1: Uh, what did I just say, then? <laughs> my father?
0: Like you're, you're No, you're a progeny. Likely. Progeny.
1: Progeny. Thank you. Uh Okay. This was too much for my hollow self to look at. I realized that I'd give it all I could to regain my body and stop this imposter slowly, but surely I fought back as was uh, meticulously winning the fight against the shadow version of myself. Pretty much like Malene versus her red panda and turning red seconds later. I made it back slowly. I started regaining the years I put temporarily lost. My tone shifted back to its usual self. I was back to my usual calmness. What happened? Went upstairs I had to figure it out. I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing now. Uh, As the prunella of my eyes were falling asleep, I whipped out my smart device from its resting place and started the investigation. I had to figure out what happened to me. Minutes later, my research was successful. I had figured it out. It was right there written on my smart device's screen staring back at me. The, you're just like your dad disease, Finn. So there you go. So, uh, yeah, daddies, did you ever get a... Was there a question? (laughs) Was there a question? It's coming. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, did you ever get a I'm my dad right now moment with the kids? Would love to know. That's his
0: question. Uh, I am my dad right now. I would say y- yes, but not in the like, like in his version, It it, it is a moment of like, and we all have them like this moment. Like my wife would sell and, you know, diagnose herself this morning when uh, she's getting a lot of lip from the oldest, sending her off to school and was pretty curt with her and then felt bad about it after his mom's 10, too. We all have these moments where we we snap at our kids, and, I mean, I, I think we can't beat ourselves up too much about them, you know, as long as they're the exception and not the rule. Um, but I will say that, like, a, a lot of my, you know sense of humor and even jokes that i constantly would want my dad to shut up and stop doing i do now um like the big one being and this would be the name of my uh, um myself my my autobiography uh would be like uh pleased to meet you hungry my name's crofton um because uh, My my kids will all be like, I'm hungry. I'm tired. You know, my dad would always be like pleased to meet you tired My name's Rod, you know, and uh, and um, And so I definitely do that and other sort of things and my wife has told me before she's like Oh, that's just that's just what your dad would do or whatever and so absolutely My dad was pretty goofy, and I'm pretty goofy, so, I mean, there's that. But never a moment of, like, discipline. The only thing I can think of, like, if I really self-diagnose, I am like my dad in that I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy, but then when I get mad, I get, or create, like, like if I, if eventually I get to a breaking point, it's going to, you know, be a big breaking point. And I hope that has not happened with my kids yet, but if it did, I could, you know, I could see it being something similar to, to what my has happened with my dad, maybe twice in his entire life, right? But, uh, but yeah, I, I think the trick is not to beat oneself up too much about it. How about you, Ryan? Do You ever see your dad in the mirror? Uh,
1: well, I mean, you know, your points about uh, definitely losing your cool and and feeling bad afterwards, and you know, going and apologizing or or what have you. Like we've all been there. I've definitely been there. Uh, more, you know, more now than, than before in the sense that like, it's just, it's been more hectic lately. Uh, But in terms of seeing, you know, my dad and myself, like I think that uh, my dad and his side of the family were, um, they're all, they all love to pester. They all love to joke. They all love to poke. They all love to like, when they see an opening of like a, to to get a joke in, um, (laughs) sometimes when it's just, it's like sometimes when the kids are having a bad time, like and I'll get in trouble for this. Uh, or Ashley will say like like they're clearly upset. Why are you bothering them? You know like when they're talking about something or or they're upset about something. I'll like I'll pester them. It just and I'll 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 be like oh my gosh I'm just like my dad. My dad would do that. You know he would find any just in a good natured sort of like giving you a hard time type thing. Like similar to your your talk of you know well, hi hungry uh, uh, my name's dad or whatever. You know, like, I would, uh, you know, I, I definitely would, uh, I see that, I remember my dad doing that a lot, and uh, he'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks for that. Um, but, you know, like, that's, uh, I definitely, I definitely see that. Like, I, I inherited that, you know, as you say, like, that jokey nature of, like, constantly trying to find, uh, you know, funny ways to to engage with folks, and uh, I, I'm I'm definitely guilty of that And uh, just like my my dad and his side of the family, like sometimes uh, just bugging when you're when clearly you shouldn't be shouldn't be bugging them. Like, but it's it's so much fun to to uh, to pester the kids because they and they do it so well, too. It's a it's a two way street
0: for sure. My wife hates it when I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I and Ashley hates it too.
1: She's like, They're already upset. Why are you bothering them? It's like, Well, you know, just having a laugh. They'll they'll look back at this and laugh and probably launch a podcast about it. It'll be fine
0: what one of my big ones is like jess hates it if i pile on which which sometimes i will do because i know what will just get a reaction like uh she'll be like she'll say like gwen i really i really want you to clean your room and i'll and i'll pop it out and i'll be like yeah gwen <laughs> <laughs> and she'll be like she'll just lose it and then Jess will be like why why would you do that you know why would you add on i'm like i was just agreeing with you what, what what's the problem um but uh <laughs> but yeah <laughs> and <laughs> anyway speaking of agreeing with me ryan uh let's agree that we need to close this show yeah uh, and uh i would just invite those of you who are listening who want to send us a great email like that whirlwind and i, I whirlwind well, whirlwind, i do apologize for ryan reading that email like well i'll talk to him later but uh but you should not uh, you have read d- it is that what you're saying <laughs> no no just the performance you know? oh
1: yeah the, uh, i gotta work yeah. on that uh, uh, write us another uh, uh epic sauna <laughs> there uh sauna that's not right sonnet
0: <laughs> ryan oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, just end
1: the show it's done it's yeah. over
0: you can send us your epic sonnets to DND. and D. cat. What is it now? God, our damn email it. is love-
1: dad at TGI studios.com.
0: All right. What am I thinking of?
1: Uh and cast is our, is our Twitter. It's been a while. I know it's been about a month since you've D&D done
0: this. Cast
1: Thank you, Travis for, for joining the you, show.
0: You should, follow, you should follow us. What? I'm not Travis.
1: No, no, no! Exactly. I meant when he was on last week. Jeez, we should bring back clearly real Crofton from from last episode.
0: Oh God damn it! You know what? My old <laughs> podcast, Ryan, called "Good, Bad, or Bullshit." At one point, it became difficult to end the show, so we would just <laughs> yell at Bo and we would say, "End the show, Bo." Well, I'm going to adapt from that and say, "End the show, Ryan. Just end it.
1: Just end it." <laughs> All right. Well, definitely go to, you know, TJStudios.com slash dad. You'll find all the information you need there.
0: Like and subscribe.